Hello, hello, hello. Great greetings, goddess. Aviola here, and welcome to the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator Series, where I will be featuring just for you right here on the on the podcast master gurus who are also master teachers in my Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator Program. That is an eight-week spiritual business course for coaches, healers, and creative gurus to help you to start to start, grow, or save your mission and business and help you build a soulmate tribe and call in your abundance fast. So if you want to stay in the loop for this program, just join my free Spiritual Business Success Camp at unblockmybusiness.com where new free lessons are uploaded often and you'll also receive information from when you're ready to go deeper and go to the next level on the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator. All right, so let's get this party started because in that Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator program, soulful sales expert and coach Natasha Allrich is a master teacher who will be teaching lessons on selling without selling yourself out. And today, she's here with us on the podcast, so we are in for a treat. Hello, Goddess Natasha. Hello, hello, Aviola. Hello, everyone. Such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) I am so excited about our conversation. Because Natasha and I got to hang out in New York City in January when we were sharing a stage together, right, Goddess? Yes, it was our the Woman of Power event hosted by Rosetta Thurman. It was amazing, and I loved watching you grace the stage doing your thing. It was beautiful. Oh, I loved watching you too, sis. Well, let me let them know that, you know, Goddess Natasha was so in demand that somebody took my seat, but I didn't care, you know, though I was a speaker. I didn't make any styles, like we say in Guyana. I stood at the door and peered in. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, they can have my seat. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to watch my sister and she was incredible. So let me tell you a little bit more about her accomplishments. At the age of 21, 21, y'all, Natasha founded the Village Reading and Mentoring Organization for at-risk youth, serving children ages 6 to 12 and their families. In a short time, this organization grew to service over 125 families. So I definitely want to talk to her about that. And now, 20 years later, Many of those kids and their parents have matriculated on to various colleges and universities and have great careers as a result of their involvement in this organization. Talk about giving back. She has been a transformational life and business coach, guiding individuals with both the spiritual and practical tools needed to create their desired lifestyle. She uses her soulful sales approach to teach how to sell, without discounting yourself, yes, without settling for less, yes, in a way that feels good and fits your personality and style. So Goddess Natasha, those are the accolades, right? Those are the the accolades Mm -hmm. (laughs) and accolades, if that exists. (laughs) Who is the woman behind the bio? Ooh, that's juicy. I love that because, yeah, the bio is the skill set, right? That's the beauty, the beauty of mm-hmm. the, the work that we do. Um, behind the skill set, I am your divine reflection, quite frankly. I am a woman who recognized in her early 20s, I'm in my mid-40s now, I don't look like it, though, might I say. <laughs> but in my, <laughs> and I am loving this time of my life. Um, in my early 20s, I knew that I was different. I knew that um, there were things that I wanted to bring forward in a, from a place of service. But I had an incongruency. I didn't even have that word as a language back then, but I did have, it felt like a void, which later I realized was an incongruency. And that incongruency was I wanted to serve unabashedly, like from my heart, from my passion, without regret, 
but I also wanted to live a certain lifestyle. I didn't want to work my fingers to the bone. I didn't want to not have the money and the means to travel and to do the things that were important to me, um, to tithe to causes that were important to me, to do things that were fun and just ordinary or extraordinary. I wanted both. I wanted to serve, and I wanted to be satisfied financially as well, and I didn't know how to do both. I didn't know that it was okay to have both because nothing around me reflected that. And so even when I had that nonprofit, the Village Mentoring Organization, back in my 20s, um, and it served over 125 families in less than three years, I myself at that time was abundant in my giving, but I was broke in my pockets. And so through reflection and desire, desire is a really big um, thing for me. Desire, 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 because I know that's not a want. You know, a want is rooted in lack, but desire comes from your soul. It comes from God. It comes from your heart. So I knew if I wanted it, that meant, or I desired it, that meant something was available. And just through a lot of soul searching over time, investing in myself with mentors and training and coaching and books and lots of meditation, lots of journaling, lots of prayer, you know, fast forward, it took about 10 years for me to get there. Um, I realized that service is very much synonymous with self-worth. It's very much synonymous to self-value, and it's very much synonymous to having a life that satisfies your soul, and it's reflected in your bank account. And so the woman that teaches this work called Soulful Sales, everyone just, you know, say it, you know, to yourself, Soulful Sales, it's a vibration word, and it's something that came to me through a meditation some years ago now, and it's really about the soul of who you are before the sale of the conversation that you're having out of your mouth. I really believe that no matter what you do in life, whether you have a business or not, whether you're a mother or not, whether you are a go-getter or not, whatever you are, whatever your style of personality is, you are always selling and having sales conversation in everything you do. Oftentimes, the first sales conversation that we're often having is the one with ourselves. Am I enough today? Am I willing to show up and be my best? Am I willing to stop looking for love outside of me and give it to myself first? You know, all of those are sales conversations, and I had to be my first client. I had to answer those questions. And when I did, I realized that when I saw myself get freed from the bondage of asking for what I desired, asking for the sale, asking for the money, asking myself to say, are you ready to be loved in a way that's unconditional, not based on what you have or based on your skills? And when that became a resounding yes, I knew I couldn't keep that good stuff to myself. I couldn't be selfish because I'm a service-based person first. I couldn't be selfish and just keep this truth, this knowledge, this sense of freedom to myself, and I believe that God gave me this message of soulful selling because I could be trusted with it, because I would not use it in a way that was manipulative or coercive or about closing deals and just making money. I knew that, you know, there were so many women that are spiritual, that are heart-centered, that are passionate, that are lovely, that are still awake, that haven't all the way shut down that even if they shut down, there was still a part of them that felt like it could be better, it could be different. And I knew and know for sure that those are the women that I meant to serve and work with to really show how you can use the skill of sales, traditional sales um, conversations, but in a very untraditional, non-traditional way that's really honoring of who you are naturally, your natural style, that's really honoring of your passions, that's honoring of the money that we deserve. Because I had to first align and recognize how can I have anything that I desire to light a flame to, meaning I wanted to, you know, do something great in the world. I wanted to cause a, mo cause a movement or impact a movement or, or impress already a current movement, that I wanted to give my daughter, who just turned 11, anything that she desires, like anything that she can imagine, sure, we can do that. You want to go to Dubai? Let's put it on the calendar and go. Like, 
why would I deny her of her desire? She's a child and she doesn't know lack of limitation. And I, she didn't come into the world and through my womb for me to project any limitations on her. So I had to recognize that sales, number one, isn't everything. And two, the first conversation is the one with me. And once I was willing, I didn't even have to heal it yet. I just had to be willing to say, I'm willing to see it different. I'm willing to have a different relationship with money. I'm willing to have a different relationship with sales. I'm willing to have a widely juicy, amazing, turned on, lit up business that supports my every drip drop desire and lifestyle. I'm willing to have that. That's when Soulful Sales was born. Oh, my gosh. I could just listen to you all day. Goddess Natasha, I was sitting here with my hand on my heart, just, like, listening to you. Like, oh, I could just listen to her all day. You are such a beautiful spirit, such a beautiful soul, and you are so clearly on your mission, which is just so incredible to watch. And I love that, you know, I think it bears pointing out that her last name is All Rich, right? Yes, All Rich. <laughs> yes. So she is clearly meant to teach lessons around abundance, clearly meant to be here with us talking about these conversations. And so I love you talking about your daughter and, you know, not imprinting her with ideas of scarcity and lack. I've been talking about that a lot. I just got back from uh, London where I was giving a talk and doing a workshop on abundance. And I'm talking about, you know, us having been raised by well-meaning people who did the best that they could, you know, with what they knew at the time and were trying to keep us safe, but in trying to keep us safe often, you know, kept us small with their ideas of lack and limitation. And so can you share with us a little bit of your money beliefs that you were taught growing up? But did you, was this something that you were, that you learned on your own? Can you share with us a little bit of your journey as a young person, as a child before the organization work? Oh, absolutely. So in brief, I am the first generation born in America. Both my parents are Jamaican. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) How did I not know that about you? Oh my God. No wonder. No wonder. Yes. Dark and lovely. <laughs> yes. And so, yes. you know, my parents came here uh, and met here in America, and they came with, you know, a lot of expectation, a lot of a lot of thoughts around opportunity. However, the mindset of poverty um, and the mindset of working hard was very much entrenched in their DNA and fear of the unknown. Uh, my dad and my mom were very big on education. And so as a young child, I was, I was told I wasn't, it wasn't an option. <laughs> you got to get your education and go all the way to the top. I didn't know what the top was, but I knew I had to, I had to get there because my dad said so and I was scared of him. <laughs> um, and he said, education is your key, is your key to freedom. Education means you can do and be anything that you want to do and be, but you have to get your education first. Okay, so in my mind, it's like what religion does a lot of times, is we're told that until we get something or until we arrive somewhere, we don't already have it. So that was the first thing in, in well intentions that he had without realizing I was already scarred a little bit thinking that I wasn't free, thinking that I was missing something unless I had education. I didn't have the context of I'm already born free. It already is within me. And education is a tool to expand it or to, or to reveal it or to put it in context, different conversation. And so a lot of my beliefs were very similar to, you know, a lot of the ones that you have or that the women that are listening have had or experienced, which is money don't grow on trees. And so I would look at these beautiful Mm -hmm. trees. Yes, I lived in the ghettos of Camden, New Jersey, (laughs) but I'm still looking at somebody's trees, even if there was just a couple leaves on them. And I'm looking at them saying... New Jersey, it's the garden (laughs) state. You got beautiful trees in Camden, New Jersey. Girl, not not where I was from. (laughs) 
<laughs> but but yeah, there was some there was some trees though. Nonetheless, there was I still have a relationship with the trees. Just a few leaves, but the tree trunk and all of that was there. And I'm looking at this tree like. Well, I guess I can't shake it because money don't grow off a tree. So what's the point of having a relationship, like, really, really, like, sciencing was behind it. Um, I was told that I had to work hard in order to have money. I was told that I couldn't tell people how much money that I had because if I told people how much money I had or made, they would steal it from me. I had I was told mm-hmm. to, to keep things close to my breast or uh, it was actually the Quoting it, it was keep things close to your chest because if you don't keep things close to your chest, people won't mean people who don't mean you well can take it. So my whole paradigm as a child was about safety and protection and not trusting and not allowing and keeping things tight. And so I hoarded money, whether it was a dollar or a hundred dollars. I I would hold on to it for dear life. Nobody knew about it because I was afraid that I would lose it and that I couldn't get it back. And so I definitely had a very misaligned, untrue, scary relationship with money. And then couched that under religion, I thought, there's no way. I went to Catholic school for um, nine, nine years. There's no way I can be a woman of God and have money. Because the nuns that were teaching me, they gave up their whole entire everything to be of service, to be a a woman of God. So I had no reflection that being spiritual and being financially set and free is also synonymous with being a woman of God. Had no clue, not even a little bit. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Yes, yes. I so appreciate you sharing that because it's such a deep-rooted thing that's literally in our bones. You know, this sister who was in one of my workshops in London, she reminded me of another mantra that I had kind of forgotten about. You know, that's how deeply entrenched this stuff is. But she was working with the, you know, she was also, she was a family of Jamaican, Jamaican and Trinidadian immigrants to the U.K., And she was working with the mantra that her family had indoctrinated her with, you know, which all of us have heard, work twice as hard to get half as much. And I've forgotten about that, but it's there. You know, that Mm -hmm. stuff is, it's under you. It's under your skin. You got to work twice as hard to have half as much. And, you know, like you said, you know, when you grow up and you're the child of immigrants, like literally like West Indian immigrants were the joke for, okay, you you got 10 jobs. You're, a, you know, a cook or this or that or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's literally like, okay, well, you know, the only way to have money is to, you know, basically like break your neck, you know, Language yeah. is very important, and I'm choosing those words very specifically to have it, and then, as you said, to hoard it and and hold on to it. And so, when was the wake up call for you in that? The you know, I know that you talked about you know having your daughter. Was that the moment that you decided um, that the switch came for you? You know, there were. I would say that things happen for me in layers, and I find that awakening happen happens for many people in yes. layers. Um, it's yes. not. Sometimes it is one fell swoop, like boom. But in order for the boom to happen, there's always a breaking, right? There's always an opening, mm-hmm. and then we're like, "Darn, where'd that come from?" But there, there were yes. things that were happening all along. So I do remember as a child, though, I was walking to church one day by myself. And I remember just having this thought, like, am I here alone? Like, is there anyone else really on this earth aside from me? I remember having this thought. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at that moment, now I know, but that's what I would call a pattern interruption. And the reason why I felt like I was having this, this moment of just being the only person on the planet was because I was questioning everything that I was being told. I started saying, no, that can't be true. Like, how can it be hard to, like, be happy. I'm happy right now walking to church. Or how can it be how can it be that I have to have a whole lot of money first in order to or education in order to be free? I feel free right now. So what are people talking about? I started asking questions to myself. I wasn't bold enough to say it out loud yet because I was a kid, but I started asking questions to myself like, does that make sense? Well, it kind of doesn't because it doesn't sit right with me. And so without knowing it, I was tapping into my intuition. I was tapping into my 
gut. I was tapping into, you know, my own relationship with my maker, my own relationship with God for myself, and not really having a context of it. Yes, it was when I had my daughter, you know, fast forward 20 years. When I had my mm-hmm. daughter um, and I was married at that time, I remember my husband, my then husband came to me. We had just built our first home from the ground up and we were living in our home. I was nursing my daughter and he came into the be- our bedroom and he said, we only have $2,000 left in our bank account and our mortgage is due in a couple of weeks. Oh, and by the oh. way, um, I haven't been paying the car insurance for the past few months, so we don't have car insurance. And I remember oh. immediately, lapped, like, taking her off my breast, like, pulling her off of my breast. And it hurt because she was sucking, oh. the, <laughs> sucking her life yeah. in her and taking it out of, yeah. her, out of me. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, yes. I, I took her off because in that moment, my blood started boiling, and I immediately felt a sense of anger and shock and distrust and all of this emotion and I knew that if I was nursing her I would have been my milk would have been poisoned and I would have been harming my kid mm-hmm. and putting those fears into into her body through the liquid I just knew that somewhere inside of me yeah. so I took her off and I looked at this man and I'm like in this moment you are not being my highest reflection. Like right now, you are reflecting all of my fears, all of the things that I thought would not happen when I partnered with someone that was what I thought at that time was of my vibration, of my value system, and those kinds of things. And he, I could tell without his words that he's looking at me like, what are we going to do? But it was more like, what are you going to offer that we can do? <laughs> And in my mm. my mind, my mind was moving very, very fast. And I remember thinking, I don't have the luxury to fall apart right now. My daughter did not come through my womb into this world to struggle. Like, that's not her makeup. I'm clear about that. Her name, mm. by the way, is My Angel. Yes. My Angel is her name. Yes. And I'm thinking, there's no way. Like, so if it's not yes. what's available for her, then, and I'm her mama, It can't be, despite what he's telling me, it can't be my reality. And so this is when, you know, as children, we tend to be stubborn, and we all have a stubborn side, even as adults. Well, this is when I put that stubborn side on as a shield. And I was like, I know in my mind, I'm saying, I know that he told me that there's only $2,000 in a bank account. And I know right now I'm just, I'm a nursing mom. I'm not even really fully active in my business because I took off time to just be with her and just focus on being a new mom and a new wife and a new homeowner. But I was like, that's bullshit. There's no way we can only have $2,000 in our bank account. So I looked at him and I was like, give me a minute and take the baby. And I cried because mm. I had to release. I cried like this yes. is not my reality. I am not in a 3,000 square foot home that we just built based on our vision and our vision statement and our vision board and all this stuff to be told that there's less money in the bank account than what is going to cost our mortgage for that month. There's just no way. I'm unwilling to believe it. Because then that would mean everything that I hold to be true about who I am as a soul, as a being, as a woman of integrity and honesty would be a lie. And then it would mean that the God that I serve, the abundance of this universe, doesn't have my back. And maybe this man right now can't see it because he's going through his own healing process and journey with his relationship with money. But I refuse to think that I got to struggle and work my finger to the bone and can't have what I need and can't buy what I desire and can't do what I want because somebody told me there's only $2,000 in a bank account. Nope. I got a, I got a mouse and a mouthpiece and a message and maybe, and it took me a few weeks to get all the way here. Maybe it's time that I use it so my gifts can truly make room for me. And I'm telling you, it was scary. I cried a whole lot. I remember taking that $2,000 and taking $1,000 of it, and I hired a coach. And yes. I flew to, I, I had a, another $1,000 on a credit card. So I took 1000 from that $2,000. I took another 1000 from my credit card. And I flew my family, myself, my husband at that time, and my daughter, who was four months old, to Arizona to sit down for one day with this coach because I knew that I could only take myself at that time, but so far. And that's the trick. You know, the trick is that we think that we have, we do have all the answers, right? We do. But sometimes 
all the time, let me correct myself, all the time, when you want to go further and you want to go further with speed, you got to recognize that you can only take yourself but so far, number one. Number two, you came through the womb of a woman, which means you did not birth yourself. You did not come into this world by yourself. You didn't do it by yourself. So anytime that we want to go further, faster, we got to do it in community. We got to do it with someone that's further ahead, that are a few steps ahead of us that's willing to teach us and impart. And if I wanted people to pay me, I had to invest in myself, even, especially yes. when it was scary. And I sat down with this especially woman for one day. When it was scary. Go ahead. Girl. Yes, 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 yes. But I was clear on what I needed. I needed a plan. I needed, I needed um, a step-by-step. I needed to know that even though it was crazy, I could still break through my next income stream because somebody else could hold the space for me since I couldn't do it for myself, and sat down with this woman for one day, came back, and some of the things that she said was amazing and next level, and then some of the things I really didn't resonate with. So I kept the pieces that were great, and I let go of the stuff that didn't sit with me, that wasn't a part of my natural makeup. And that's the other thing, if if people can pick up on this tip, is you've got to still use your discernment when learning from a mentor or a coach. You've got to still trust yourself and look through the lens of their expertise. Can you hear that? Yeah. So, came back and I put together my first package, and this is what, this is back in 2006 now. Okay, came back and put together mm-hmm. my first coaching package, and sold it to a current. Now wait, a, a what potential. did your husband think of all of this? Sorry to interrupt. What did your husband think of of you know your reaction of the moves that you were making of you you know bringing into action in this way? Yeah. So he was. He was shocked, and then there was parts of him that just he knew that part of my personality. He knew he knew, he knew that I was the kind of woman that no matter what I would always bounce back on my feet. I didn't know it though. How about that? He knew it of me. I didn't know that about my personality. That no matter what, I would only let myself go, but so far. And at some point, I got to just wake up, shake up, slap myself, pour water on myself, take a spiritual bath, light a candle, whatever it took, yeah. hold a crystal real good, and whatever it took, right? <laughs> to yeah. then get back into a place of yeah. power. So he knew that of me already. And quite frankly, you know, we were in a place of desperation because I wasn't willing to lose my home. We just we just built it. It was just the second month into living here. And it was like, what else are we going to do? And I was just like, I don't know, but it's going to come. And when it comes, we're going we gonna to move on it. <laughs> so he went yes. with it. And I needed his support <laughs> because I was going to spend a whole day with this woman, you know, this coach. And I was a nursing mom at that mm-hmm. time. So I needed him to care for our child while in between nursing, in between sessions with her and nursing my daughter. That makes sense? So, yeah, I mean, that first, I remember that first uh, week coming back, I made $750 doing a half-day VIP at that time with a new client. And um, the only part that I really remember of the story now is within eight months, I cleared $84,000. I had never generated that much income in my business in my life. Yes. 84000 yes. within that period of time, and at the end of the year, that was when I broke my first six figures. This is in 2006, so I closed out the year at $108,000. Yes. Yay. And so did he also make moves, like, to turn himself around? What was the household mentality? Because when you're yeah. in a relationship with somebody, you know, and one person has this accelerated growth, you know, oftentimes the other person is still in their stuff that got them there to begin with. Exactly. So how was how did that work out? Yeah, yeah. and a lot of that yeah. played so out in that, that way. So initially it looked like, you know, we tag teamed together so that he supported, you know, the overall vision because whatever I generated and earned and whatever was coming through the business was, you know, once we pay our business expenses, that goes into our household. So we really did in the beginning operate as one, as a true partnership. But, you know, everything Thing comes to light as you can say I say the path emerges as you walk it whatever the path is and the path that emerged through our marriage was the incongruency of he you know as well as I was healing my money story and my deservability story and the ability to ask for what I desired even if it was scary even if it didn't make sense even if no one else agreed I could still ask right um, he also had his own uh, mirror to face 
that was very hard and challenging for him. And as at the time, as his wife, the hardest part for me was I wanted to do the work for him because as a natural nurturer and as, you know, mm. as a coach even, sometimes I would want to step in and interrupt his process, meaning, you know, save the day. And I had to learn through time that my process was mine to heal. No one could do it for me. I had to do the hard work. His process was his to heal. And the best thing that I could do is to honor it and to see that, to, to see him whole, perfect, and complete, and to see the possibility that he could get on the other side. And whenever needed or need be, I could be a loving support, not a, you know, not, not the person that has the answers and I speak it with my words or, um, or interrupts this process at all. And so that's, you know, that's where it took some time over the years for us to see that we really weren't on the same vibration. We really, um, this is where the misalignment of our marriage, um, started to, to, um, to shape up and to reveal itself is when you have a partner and you start off on the same path, and you're willing to be 100% brutally honest. Honesty doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always look pretty. But when you're willing to be honest and say, you know, I'm doing the work over here because I don't want to bring that pain or that projection or that um, dysfunction to my partner, to a marriage, and you're willing to do the work, and the, even if the person starts with you, but they don't continue, whether that's the woman or the man or whatever the relationship is, if the person doesn't stay on their journey, everything comes to light. And that's where struggle and hardship and stress and um, sex that is not fulfilling, it's no longer lovemaking, it's just escaping or emotional eating. Or for me, it showed up in my money, um, the lack thereof. That's where those things reveal itself because life is trying to get your attention. And because we're all energetic beings, naturally, and energy is in everything, the people that are the closest to us can do the most damage because those are the folks that we're vulnerable to. And my yeah. husband at that time, um, you know, we the first year, like I said, I did 108000 in 2006 with my baby, right? I remember it didn't even take, it took effort, but it wasn't hard work. I remember I went to one networking event, that was it, and everything else I did at the time through teleseminars, which we now call webinars, and I only did a few. Mm -hmm. And my list was really, really small. It was under a 1,000 people, but I still did six figures. The next year, we doubled that, and I did 215 or 220 2000, I believe it was at that time. Um, so that was 2007. And it's just been growing ever since. But there was a year in 2009, there was a year where my money started to double back. And this was the year when... Wait, before, wait, sorry to interrupt, Natasha. I just want to just check and see how is your time today? Because I really want us to go into this. This is beautiful. And I think, you know, you're meant to share this with the women who are on this podcast, I feel it, but I want to make sure because I know that we're afterward going to be taping our master class. How's your time? I'm good. We can do. We can still do both. I am still good. I squared okay. away. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Cause, so cause you lead. I'll follow. I don't want to take a break. Okay. No. 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 Let's continue on the course that you were on. So you were saying there was a time where things started to move. Backwards. Differently, yeah. So, Different, like I said, yes. money was good. When I say good, I mean really good. I remember, you know, and it still is today. But there was, there was the. This is what happened at this moment, and that's the story that I want to tell because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't share that part, right? So it's, it's for me. I'm not a lot of people. I am me, myself, and I, and I tell the truth always. Yes. It's not there's just no point in me opening up my mouth. I'm very clear about that. I don't live for people. I live for my purpose. And so, um, like I was saying, you know, I was a um, young woman, recently married or just newly married, just built a home, just had a beautiful baby, water birth baby, um, and all of, and I, I have a thriving business. And so there's a lot of things that 
you could say that I was juggling all these beautiful blessings, all these bountiful blessings. I'm juggling them at the same time because I knew that I deserved it. That's why I attracted it. That's why I was living it. And in my mind, I, you know, like I knew I deserved it, but now I'm living it. Like, whoa, my journal entry came to life. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I'm in it. I'm like, the vision board is me. We are one. (laughs) You know, I remember um, hiring um, someone to clean my home. That was huge for me. When I say huge, I mean huge. Because when I was a child, I used to go to offices with my mom and we would clean offices so that we would have enough money to go on vacation. I remember in college, one of the ways I put myself through college is I used to take care of the elderly as a um, home health aide. So I was washing them and cleaning them and putting lotion on their bodies, you know, just so that I had enough money to help m- with my school tuition. So when I say I come from humble beginnings and I understand abundance can still be possible for someone that's even experienced life the way that I have, I know it to be true. So here I'm living the dream, my version of success and joy and happiness. But in my home, I remember there was a time where it didn't feel like a home. It felt like a house. And, you know, I'm very careful about how I communicate um, the breakdown of my marriage because I do have a daughter who's still learning from me and who's learning what a healthy relationship looks like. And at the same time, I'm very much aware that I'm 100% responsible for my own experiences, whether I'm conscious of them or not. And so in my consciousness, I grew to understand that even though you are married or a couple or soulmate relationships operating as one, you are still an individual having to do your own healing work. And I was so committed to doing my healing work that I hired the coaches. I went to the, I did the counseling. I did the couples counseling because I wanted to look at what wasn't pretty. I wanted to understand how to be nurturing, but not give the answers in a way that was going to emasculate my mate at that time. And I didn't do everything perfect and I didn't do everything right. But the willingness to see, that's the part that's so important in business and in life. All is required ever is the willingness to tell the truth. And it always all starts with willingness. I was willing to be successful. That meant I had to define success for myself. I was willing to have a happy marriage and a happy household. That meant I had to be willing to look at and define what that meant. And so it was in 2009, I was at a really high multiple six-figure income. And I definitely did feel some um, pressure to grow my business to seven figures. I knew it was a heart's desire, but I was feeling pressure in my household to get there fast. And um, I also started feeling intuitively, and then it showed itself in my relationship at that time, I also started feeling um, a sense of intimidation and less of an honoring and being seen. And so I started playing small without even knowing it. If I would enroll a new client and or get a $5,000 speaking contract, I wasn't celebrating it. I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't sharing it. And there's other reasons why at, at some point I had to keep it to myself and I had to protect that money. Um, but really, if you look at things universally, remember I said in the beginning as a child, I felt like I had to hoard it. And so um, here it is, not knowing that it was being reflected now 20 years later in a marriage, I attracted someone into my life that showed me why I needed to hoard that money. And when I realized that I didn't have to hoard it and I didn't have to hide it and it didn't have to be scary, I didn't realize it at first. But when I realized it, it was also time for that marriage to be complete. Some people will call it ending and a divorce and all that. But for me, it was a spiritual completion. We were complete as a married couple, not as a family and not as parents, but as a married couple because our vision and our values no longer aligned. And that took me some time 
to really heal and some time to really see. But because, you know, as a coach, I am always my first client. I am always looking at myself. I'm always willing to get help as long as I trust the source. Um, I was able to get to that place of our relationship, although divine, is no longer divine to be married. Can you hear that? Yes, yes. And the thing is that, you know, I think that, I, I so honor you for sharing that, and it's the same language that I use as well. I say, okay, you know, my marriage, that marriage completed itself or that relationship completed itself. And as you said, you know, it it completed that part of the relationship, but of course you're still in relationship because you have your beautiful my angel mm-hmm. together, Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. and Absolutely. there's a, there's, there's a workshop that I give called the sacred power of willingness. And I'm, I'm so glad that you started to talk about, you know, the, the power of I am willing, you know, because people don't always have access to, you know, they, they look at affirmations and they'll be affirming, you know, I am rich, I am wealthy. And then that little voice in the subconscious says, no, you're not, no, you ain't, you know, or whatever it is. But being able to soften the vibration and soften the frequency with just willing is mm-hmm. so incredibly powerful. Yeah, and so yeah. before we end this conversation, there was in your on your site, you were talking about a part in your journey where things shifted um, and you went from, you know, reaching what you felt was a peak at the time to a tremendous valley of, you know, being on food stamps. And was that this same journey that you just shared with us? Yeah, that was the part where I said there's a thing that happened and I wanted to make sure I shared it. So I'm glad you just raised it because that was what I wanted to share next. So in 2009, that was my wake-up call to everything because here it was. I was at a high six, high multiple six figures. And that year I set a goal that I wanted to generate a God-filled, joy-filled million-dollar business. But the truth of the matter is there was a part of me that felt the pressure from my household to get there. And I remember I was lined up for five speaking engagements back-to-back. And before I um, went on to the first one, before I traveled for the first one, I broke out in this huge rash all over my body. It looked like I had gray chicken pox. And when I went to um, my doctor, I have a holistic doctor, when I went to her, she said, she called me beloved. She said, beloved, did you just make a huge decision? And in my mind, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I wasn't thinking about that, my, you know, what I stated for the beginning of the year. I wasn't thinking about business yes. at that time. And I was like, no, no, not that I'm aware of, no. And she said, because your body broke out and your body is is basically telling you that whatever decision you made, it's not aligned with it. Like your body isn't aligned with the decision. And so it acted out to show you like your, your, your breakout is to show you that whatever you decided is not aligned. And so all five speaking engagements got canceled because there was no way I was showing up with gray looking chicken pox. And I also knew that it meant I needed to go back to the drawing board. And as I said sometime during our conversation, if I can't stand in my truth and be 100% transparent and honest and vulnerable, still knowing that as an expert, that's my strength, nothing can take it away, even if I'm a work in progress in my personal life, if I can't do that, I'm not opening up my mouth. And so I knew that the most important thing for me to do was to honor the time and not go after any money or go after a goal. And that's where he and I were not aligned. And so... Um, yeah, our money, my money started to double back from multiple six figures all the way to food stamps. Now, I didn't expect to get on food stamps, and that wasn't the plan. In fact, I was extremely embarrassed because as an educated, college-educated woman coming from my family, you don't go for handouts, right? But it was like the biggest gift now that I'm on the other side of it. It was the biggest gift of my whole life because I got to look at me. 
And I got to see when life was difficult and when nobody was looking and it was just me in the mirror, I got to see that I am my value system. I will not sell my soul or give up my integrity for the sake of a dollar. Yes, I know how to have selling conversations at the brink of a dime. Yes, I can enroll anyone into anything if I believe in it and if they're a fit for the service and if I know it's going to support them in their next level of their life or their business. But if I am not aligned, I am not going to make the mistake of having the universe knock me upside the head any further to tell me to sit my butt (laughs) down and to listen. And so I did. I sat my butt down for almost a year to really listen. And it showed me that my relationship was out of whack. It showed me that, yeah, you can go for that seven figures and you'll get it because you know what it takes to get there. But who will you be on the other side of it when you look back at yourself? And so it was it was very humbling and it was very hard, but I did the work. And when I was willing to do the work, when I came out of it, this is what I heard in my meditation, lead with service, which was the very thing that I was doing as a child, which was the very thing that I got, how I got to six figures in the beginning and multiple six figures. Don't focus on the money, lead with service. And so I did. And my first speaking engagement outside of food stamps, so I'm still in it at that moment, but I remember a girlfriend came to me and said, are you willing to play again? Like, do you, do you feel good enough now to play? And I was like, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to try because all it takes is willingness. Yes, so I went to her speaking engagement. Yes. Yeah, willingness. That was it. I was like, I don't know. It's been almost a year, but I'm willing to try. She's like, come to my event. I want you to MC my three-day event, and I want to give you a 45-minute speaking slot. And I was like, okay. So I flew to California. And I emceed her event, and it gave me life because that's what I love to do. I love to speak and impart and all of that. And then I had a 45-minute speaking slot, and in 45 minutes, I generated $26,000 from offers that I made from the stage. And that, for me, was my litmus test that I was back in alignment. That was, for me, I saw that with my evidence that I was 100% congruent with my message with my um, with my desires and with the vision of who I said I am to be, no matter what, no matter what. And I've been on track ever since. I mean, that was in 09. We're in 2017 now. So, you know, now I have this beautiful, amazing daughter who's 11. She just had a birthday. She, and like her energy, I saw her uh, uh, on Instagram. Her energy is just, she is, you could tell, like, just that she's just jubilant. Yeah. Like, just angel, really. She is. She is. That's her name. Her dad and I, we have a great partnership as it relates to being parents. You know, I set him free. He set me free. And we are living independent of the marriage, but in partnership as parents. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful because I can be fully expressed. I can be all that I know myself to be without the inhibitions or the fears of someone else and their projection. And it's wonderful. Um, my business is, it's like, I, it's flourishing that I just get out of the way and I just let it happen. Like I have a team now. They just own their lane and they serve people. And we put on events now, live events and experiences. And I travel the world. I went to Paris in July for almost a month. Uh, by myself because I wanted time with myself. Um, And then I came back and had vacation with the family. And he even went on vacation, my daughter, my mom, um, my daughter, her dad, and his family because we're all still family. We just do family differently. So it's a beautiful, rich life that I have that all came out of willingness and making decisions that would align with my values. And that's why I teach soulful sales because no matter what, you're always selling. I teach you how to do it in business so that you can generate money that matches and mirrors your desired lifestyle. And I teach it in your life because you have to be sold on you first. And I'm not talking about the fear you or the doubt for you or the I'm I'm a work in progress but I still got flaws you. I'm talking about the soul of who you are. We are whole, perfect, and complete beings. But I realize in order for me to bring yes. that message forward, <laughs> I real and I end on this. I realize. In order to bring that message forward to the marketplace, in order to bring that message forward to other entrepreneurs who claim to be spiritual because they are, who claim to be passionate because they are, who claim to be purposeful because they are, I had to stand in it as a demonstration first. Beautiful, beautiful and powerful and magical. I 
am so glad that, you know, this was supposed to be a 20 minute conversation and I'm so glad that it was almost an hour because I feel like you just poured into every goddess who is on this line right now. So thank you for your truth, goddess Natasha. I know that you have a free gift, your soulful, soulful sales, five ways to convert conversations into clients that people can get at NatashaAllrich.com? Yes. So it's spelled Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A, and All Rich, Natasha Allrich, A-L-L-R-I-C-H. So it's Natasha and All Rich, one word, A-L-L-R-I-C-H.com. And it is so juicy because it's an interview style similar to this, but I give you five specific tips on how you can use your natural style to have conversations with ideal clients or potential clients that convert into paying clients should they be a fit for your offering services, packages, or programs, or products. And it's my gift to you. Yeah, I'm happy to offer it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yay, thank you. Thank you. And can you give them a little bit of a tease of what you're going to be teaching in the master class? Because as I said at the beginning of this conversation, Natasha is a master teacher in the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator Program. And she is going to be going deep on spiritual selling. And so can you give us just, you know, just tell us a little bit about what you're going to be teaching in the master class? Sure, absolutely. And it's true. I'm a teacher by nature. I've also, I'm a trained teacher. I was an adjunct professor for a few years. So teaching is like how I be and how I do life. <laughs> I'm going to be going into <laughs> yes. the nuts and bolts. I'm going to be going into the nuts and bolts of soulful selling. The, it's an actual system. It's a five-step system. You can get the introduction to it through that training that um, we just gave you access to at NatashaAlvish.com. In this particular masterclass that Abiola and I are going to have, I'm going to give you specific languaging and words that you can use that are universal that helps to pique the interest of your ideal client and also allows them to hear your conversation. Um, I, I may also be sharing more around your sales personality style and what that is because the truth of the matter is we are as unique as our fingerprints. No two people are alike, but we all have a style and it's important to know what your style is so you're not trying to be someone you're not you're not trying to com- com- uh, you're not trying to compare yourself to someone else thinking that you need to do it their way in order to be successful in order to make money we're just not about that life so I'm going to talk to you about that as well and whatever else spirit reveals that is the nuts and bolts of sales because you got to do it you might as well do it in a way that feels good to you that's fun and easy and that actually gets you results so you can get paid properly and do the work that you love. Yes, because our our motto is mission, freedom, abundance, which we have all of those things already, as you said, Goddess Natasha. And so I'm really, really looking forward to that. And how amazing that it makes sense that we were connected through the incredible Rosetta Thurman and her event, her Happy Black Woman event, because, you know, like, it just makes sense. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's all about being happy. And I love, 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 love my sister Rosetta Thurman. So, yeah, I'm grateful for the divine connection between you and I through her. Absolutely. Yes. And I adore you. Thank you so much, Natasha, for this conversation. I appreciate you. This was juicy and incredible. And for you, my goddess, who are listening, now you want to take inspired action. It's really great to listen to a wonderful podcast and be like, oh, okay, you know, how inspiring is goddess Natasha? But now what does that mean for your own life? So you want to take advantage of the wonderful free resource that she is gifting you with. And if you want to stay in the loop for the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator Series um, or start, grow, or save your business and your mission, you want to head over and take my free, free, free spiritual business success camp at unblockmybusiness.com where new free lessons are uploaded often. All right, my goddesses, I look forward to seeing the magic that you create from what you learned today. Be seen, be heard, be a movement. Namaste. 